you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm Moses Voss here from the com. The com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends, the big circus tent, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages. Welcome to the circus tent of podcast in the sky. 14 damn years going on. Uh, what is it coming up this September? I think it is October or September. And uh, we just broke through the 1400 mark and now we're on our way to 1500. How many shows do I need to do to make you people happy? Damn it. Is there like a cap? No, I don't know. Maybe just tell me really. I'm tired. My bones are old. Anyway, guys, we appreciate you guys coming by the show. Uh, be sure to refer the show, put your arm around your friend, neighbor, relative, that person that, uh, Maybe they need to be a little bit smarter or maybe a lot smarter. You know, we've seen your relatives. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and tell them, subscribe to the Chris Foss Show, damn it. It makes you better, more beautiful, more intelligent, sexy. When you're intelligent, you're sexier. Like, people just see you and they go, hey, what is that person walking around with that glow? They must listen to the Chris Foss Show. Or they went and saw Oppenheimer for the glow, you know, that nuclear stuff. Anyway, guys, uh, refer to the show your family, friends, and relatives. Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, the big 130,000 LinkedIn group, the LinkedIn newsletter as well is always cool. Subscribe to that thing, grows like a weed. And also go to YouTube.com if I didn't mention it before, but if I did, I'm just hammering the point. We have an amazing gentleman on the show. We're talking about one of my favorite subjects that made my life sales. When I was young, there's a story in my book about when I was young, uh, I was about to get fired by my sales manager because I couldn't close. I couldn't close or sell my way out of a paper bag. And uh, pretty much any any sale I got I had to flop into my lap. It was like a it was like a it was like a fish that jumped out of the boat and landed on my lap. And there weren't many, so uh, they're about to fire me. And uh, there's a famous story in there about how my uh, sales manager loaned me ten bucks. And he goes, "Go get Zig Ziglar's. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, how to close." Closing the sale, I think it was, or something like that. Saved my life, changed my life, and the rest is history. And now I just run a podcast all the time. Uh, so there you go. If you want to be like me, buy the book. Uh, anyway, guys, <laughs> we have an amazing gentleman on the show. Uh, Brian Jackson joins us on the show today. He's going to be talking about his amazing company that he has built. And I think you're going to be excited by it. Uh, Sandler Training. And it's even in San Diego, California, which makes it even better and more beautiful. Uh, Brian Jackson is the owner and coach. He's a career-long practitioner of the Sandler Selling System. There's a system to it, folks. Brian began Sandler Training in San Diego after over 20 years in the medical equipment and software sales and in leadership. He enjoys helping clients achieve their personal and professional ambitions, changing their behaviors, attitudes, and techniques, and rising up the ranks of the organization. And now he joins us on the show to change my behavior. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you? No chance, man. No chance. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm 55. I'm an old dog. Yeah, thank you for coming. Give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please, sir. Well, the .com is at salesrevenue.sandler.com. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'll copy and paste it and put it in the chat if that is possible. I think um, so. but no, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. 
Thanks for coming. Uh, so give us an overview about Sandler Training. Uh, what, what, uh, give us an overview about your company and what they do from a 30,000 level. Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier, uh, you said, hey, there's a, there's a system to this, right? Well, mm -hmm. you know, just to imagine, uh, you know, most salespeople out there, uh, they, they go into sales because they're told their whole life, hey, you've got the gift of gab. You know, you're good with people. You should be in sales. Um, and, and other people are kind of uh, pulled into sales because they're technically very knowledgeable. Um, they've got some sort of a technical knowledge and then they're the only ones that can face the customers and talk to the customers. So they're put into this customer facing role. But um, regardless of the scenario, not many people uh, start out with a systematic way of selling. So um, what we have found, in fact, there's even been a, a clinical study done, a white, a white paper done that showed that less than uh, one out of five companies invest in a selling methodology training platform. Wow. Um, but of those 18%, there's only 18% of companies that invest in sales methodology training, 100% of them attain their revenue goals, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just not surprising because if you think about it, uh, if you go to the batting cages consistently, your batting average is going to go up, right? Mm -hmm. It's not rocket science. We didn't need to do a white paper to, to figure that out. So um, just imagine that uh, salespeople, instead of out there winging it all the time, which is what I'll admit I did in my early career, um, we actually uh, we we have a systematic way of selling that's uh, all based in psychology. So. There you go. There you go. So, what got you into sales and down this road, and eventually owning your own company? Give us a little bit of your hero's journey, if you will. Well, <laughs> I'll give you the short version. My my I followed in my father's footsteps. I'm very proud to say that my father was in sales and sales leadership, mm. and uh, I'm also proud to say that uh, and. I passed all of his uh, milestones before I was 31 years old. So I, there you go. You know, I, I, I got to a point where very quickly, um, one, I sort of didn't want to continue to move up the ladder because the further you move up the ladder, the further you get away from selling, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and selling and coaching salespeople really is what I'm passionate about. Um, but the other thing is that being based in San Diego, I, I recently saw that San Diego has, it's number four in the nation now for the most homes priced at over a million dollars. Holy crap. Okay. So San Diego, it's, it's San Fran, San Jose, uh, LA, and then San Diego. And so I've, I'm just, I'm just being really candid with you. I found that my, my management, my sales leadership income, uh, what used to seem like a lot of money, uh, wasn't <laughs> affording me the, 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 the quality of life that, uh, that I was used to uh -huh. <laughs> growing up in Texas and Oklahoma. Oh yeah. You know? Um, so I had to do something else. So I, I actually, uh, Sandler is a franchise model. There's uh, other franchisees like me around the country. I was a client of Sandler 15 years ago, mm. and I had heard rumblings of what my coach had made, what he made, how much money he made. And I, and I always just made a mental note that, you know, I think I could do that. I think I could, I think I might enjoy that. So I called him up and I asked him, I said, uh, you know, Gary, do you mind sharing with me uh, if it's true that you can make this much money <laughs> doing what you do? And he said, yeah, it's true. Can I see your checks? And uh, I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. I want to be my own business owner. I want to make, uh, you know, twice as much money. So, um, you know, from there, uh, it's it's been a journey, a four-year journey. It's been humbling being a business owner. Um, I've, I've, learned, I've learned a lot about myself, um, but I'm pretty lucky I get to get to make good money coaching people, helping people. There you go. You've gotten through the gauntlet. You know, being a being a owner of a company or a CEO, uh, you have to sell. And so... 
you know, having that sales skills and that expertise is really yeah. important. Because uh, you got to sell to everybody. You got to sell to your customers, your employees. Oh. You got to sell your vision to the board. First, it is a hotbed for imposter syndrome. You know? <laughs> really? Like, oh yeah. Like, like you just imagine you have a, a successful career. You've never failed in any sales or leadership. And oh, now, okay. Now you have to be a sales coach, and you have to sell your sales coaching. So never has selling been more difficult. Uh, and this is true for every every other sales consultant that I've ever talked to, they all share the same thing. You, you question everything uh, because you you are your own product when you're selling. You're the brochure. In fact, there's, there's no need for brochures because like- You're a pretty like, good looking brochure. You know? <laughs> I'm not hitting on you. It's just good lighting. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, but anyway, but it, it's, I'll tell you something. It really has leveled up my game in sales because mm -hmm. I have to be a product of my product. There you go. You're the product of your product's product something like that. <laughs> yeah. And and plus you're the brochure, damn it. You know, it, it's the thing about owning a company and building a company. And we talk about this a lot in the channel, uh, is it, it brings self-actualization and self, um, self accountability on you like nothing else. Yeah. Like it puts you through the gauntlet of, oh, yeah. of the thing. And if you survive, that's good. You might, you might, you know, you might lose a few, but, um, so what do you, what do you think the, uh, biggest issue is today in the sales market field for just about any, you know, just sales in general, what do you think the biggest struggle is or things that people are having out there? Well, I mean, it, 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 it's not, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I think it really is fact that the world of sales has completely, completely changed mm -hmm. in the last 20 years. It's, it's completely changed. And what's specifically changed about it is that traditionally, uh, meaning prior to 2000 or whatever, prior to the internet, pr prior to high-speed internet, uh, you know, you you had to go through a salesperson to learn about a product, mm -hmm. you know. And so, and I'm generalizing here. Like, if if listeners can bear with me, I'm I'm going to general generalize with your permission. But generally, people would hire salespeople that were just face people. You know, they were charming. You know, attractive. They were, they were, you know, say, hey, you know what? I'll buy it. I'll listen to what you have to say. And uh, maybe at the end of it, they say, ah, sure, I'll buy it. I'll, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. For the most part. Now, uh, because people, the buyer's journey has completely changed. Okay. Uh, they come to the conversation with the salesperson already armed to the teeth with information that they found online. Uh, they've checked your references, your reviews. If you are just going to spout knowledge that they already know you're wasting their time and it's going to be a short conversation. So salespeople nowadays, they have to be very skilled in capturing people's attention quickly, getting control of the conversation fairly quickly, diagnosing quickly, establishing next steps quickly and, and getting, you know, one clear indicated next steps after every conversation, keeping that deal moving through the process. And so it's, uh, it takes more skill in a short Sales takes more skill now than it ever has before. And, and, and to elaborate on that, are you tracking with me so far? I am here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to elaborate on that, the type of salesperson has changed as well. Like oh. we, we see, uh, and, and if any of the listeners are familiar with the DISC uh, personality profiling tool, uh, are you familiar with DISC, Chris? Uh, I'm familiar with different, some different profiling tests and stuff like that. Probably Myers-Briggs is another one. Yeah, Myers-Briggs, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, DISC is a 
similar but even more simplified for the purpose of like uh i don't know um, yeah. application but but what we see is we see more and more sort of let's just say introverted types hmm. uh that are excelling in sales because they make better listeners and they are more um or i guess you'd say less threatening to people uh, and in so long as they have the assertiveness to get permission or to go places conversationally they, they are better at gathering the information and listening and 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 I think the reason why we're seeing a lot more people like that is that you're seeing a lot more technical products. Every product has a software attached to it or artificial intelligence or machine learning, those kinds of things. So you're getting these people that are highly uh, knowledgeable about the product. Maybe they come from a technical background and they have that more introverted personality. And now they need to be in sales. They got to sort of have a way to, to execute in sales and, and get assertive and ask good questions and such. So there you a lot's go. changed. A lot's changed. Be, you know, I, I can see how that would work well because listening to the clients is really important. You know, I mean, that's one of the things we do on the show. I pretty yeah. much try not to interrupt our guests. I, I hate listening to other podcasts where, you know, the, the poor guests can't get a word in edgewise. It's like, you know, and yeah. plus, you know, they write me on the show and go, hey, we've heard your shit for 14 years. Shut up and let people talk. Um, the uh, So, you know, what's interesting to me is it seems like uh, – a lot of sales right now, people have lost some of the basics. Mm. And you tell me if I'm if I if I have my thumb on this correctly because I get hit up all the time on, sure. uh, you know, get people hit up on one of the podcasts like hundreds of hits, and then we get the LinkedIn stuff. You know, the message on LinkedIn. Everybody wants to work for us for some whatever on LinkedIn, and it, it's almost like the basics are gone. Like mm. I learned, I learned the old school way. I learned from car dealerships. Um, and use car dealerships, uh, and that'll put you through the gauntlet. And, and, you know, you learn stuff like building rapport, mirroring, asking questions, getting to know the person and, and having that vibe with them first before you, you start trying to close them into shit. Yeah. And these days I just get like, like no one warms me up or takes me to dinner or offers to buy a coffee. It's just like, boom, you want to buy my shit? And you're just like, who the fuck are you? And what's going on? Do you, do you see a lot of that happening over email too? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, email, LinkedIn. There's no, there's no, no one wants to take me to dinner on a date before <laughs> we go right to home base. They just, uh, hey, can we get your credit card there? And you're just like, yeah. uh, I, you well, know. I, I agree with you. And, and a lot of uh, what we see, and this is what you're sort of saying, is, I mean, a lot of people are just hiding behind email yeah. uh, to do their selling. A lot of, I mean, a lot a lot of companies, their sales teams, um, they think that emailing and LinkedIn messaging and that kind of thing is uh, the only form of prospecting. Well, it's the only form of prospecting that they do. An interesting thing happened um, when I started my company not long before COVID, the pandemic. Mm. And um, did you notice that when the pandemic happened, that even though salespeople out there had nowhere to be, like they mm. were all they were all quarantined all over the world that we didn't see an uptick in phone calls from salespeople. That is you that? That's <laughs> Maybe that's because we're yeah. all at home playing video games or something. Well, 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 think about it. Like business owners and, and, and the, the people that you're trying to call decision makers, they're, they're trapped. Most of yeah. you have access to their cell phones. Like there's software yeah. out there to get their cell phones. Why, why are you not calling? Why are you yeah. not calling them? What do you else do you have to do? You're quarantined in your office. 
I noticed it. I noticed that, um, in fact, I kept my, this is in the beginning of my business where I was, I was doing a lot of phone calls and prospecting because I was trying to find my first client. I found that uh, it was some of the best, most productive time for dialing. And, and I was surprised that salespeople weren't picking up the phone. The point is this, salespeople, oh. they, they, they don't pick up the phone as much as they used to. They hide behind email and LinkedIn messaging. I and love I talking to people, but I'm yeah. old world. I'm kind of old school. Yeah. You, you know what? It's interesting is that um, with those tools, there's so many great technologies out there that can track um, opens and clicks and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I think it's awesome using those tools to take a, like a, imagine draining a pond. If you're a fisherman, you drain a pond from, you know, down to four feet deep and then you can spearfish. If you can take a thousand contacts and email them and then see, you know, who are the top 100 clickers and openers. Now, now call those people. You know, to me, that, that's how it's meant to be used. It's meant to gather data and to be smarter about the calls you make, not to avoid the calls altogether. Yeah. Know? It used to be back in my sales days that when, when you would call, like, you know, the buyer for some company, and, man, that, that dude had, like, one to two uh, armor uh, ninja warrior secretaries gatekeepers yeah. <laughs> you, you had to get through and right. you had to charm them i had to go uh -huh. with donuts and flowers and, and yeah. uh you know it, and, and still they'd be like i don't care how many donuts you got chris you're not getting in and you could not get on and now you can really get on the phone with people it's kind of funny and uh, and it's almost like they love talking more and spending more time, and it's a little bit easier to yeah. build rapport. I mean, at least that's what I find, because I just call people, and I'm just like, I don't care. Well, you find that because you're actually making the call. You know, you're right. Look, look, I didn't come here planning on talking about uh, re reflecting on the pandemic, but since we're on the topic, I mean, after that experience, people were welcoming human mm -hmm. interaction. Yeah. Uh, and so when you're one of the few that's willing to pick up the phone call and you just treat like you're just being authentic, you're being a human saying, yeah. look, I, I don't know if there's any application here. You know, your boss just as well as anybody. How about I tell you the reason why I'm calling him or her. And then you tell me if it might make sense for us to talk him and I, or her and I, and it might not like, is that fair? And, and they say, yeah, sure. Tell me, what is it? Well, here, here's what we see folks like them often dealing with. And that, this is what we help people with blah, 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 blah. Any of that worth a conversation with them, and it might not be like you're treating them with respect. You're treating them equal business stature, like like you know, and, and you know it's not going to win every time. But you know what? You're going to have a conversation. Maybe you get an appointment. There you go. You know, I I think too. Somebody asked me yesterday. We had an Air Force uh, uh, gentleman on, and after the show, he asked me. He goes, "Why do you like doing this?" And, and I go, "Because I love people." I'm very interested in people. I like interviewing people. I like talking to people. If I'm on a plane, I can get all the roles around me laughing, free drinks for everybody, and 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 the uh, waitresses love me, or the the stewardesses love me. Uh, and then and, and I can do that. I can do it in an elevator anywhere I go. But I'm yeah. I'm genuinely interested in people, and I genuinely care about people. At least most people, maybe not politicians. Yeah. But uh, um, you yeah. know, I, even then, I could probably strike up a conversation room if I need to. Sure. But. Uh, and I think that, you know, people get that from great salespeople. I've had some great salespeople that have worked for me over the years. And their ability to gain rapport and connect and mirror in a very short amount of time. And like I've had some of them walk by them and they're like, yeah, I know what it's like to be 45. Yeah, I'm feeling you, man. I'm like, you're 25. Shut up. What the hell are you doing? Let me, well, let me, let me challenge you on this. Though. Yeah. Because I am tracking with what you're saying, 100%. Mm -hmm. 
hundred percent. But you, uh, you are a certain uh, personality type that you're a social being, right? You're a social being. Fair. Yeah. Not, like right now, I'm pretending to be a social being. I'm actually not a very. Ironically, <laughs> actually, I chose a profession that I enjoy, and I enjoy the competitiveness of it and the the business ownership part of it, the problem solving part of it. Um, there's a lot of it that I enjoy, and I'm I, I'm it, with all humility, I'm good at selling, hmm. but it drains my energy. It, like the human interaction drains takes more energy for me than it does you like like you get energy from human interaction like like when i'm on an airplane i've gotten better about this but i i, I usually sit in a seat that's the least likely to have someone sit next to me do, oh, do you want to know what row and aisle that is just so you know for all the listeners this is my secret i'll give it away what is it uh, on a typical southwest flight it's row 10 or 9 wow. uh, and just take either the window or the aisle because it's row 9 or 10 that's always the last where people sit the people sit in the front, and then they sit in the back, and then it's the middle that fills up last. So if it's not a full flight, you're most likely to have an empty seat in the middle in row nine or ten. That's my tip from 20 years of traveling. Um, <laughs> but but that's where I sit because I don't want to sit next to people. I don't want to talk to people. I'm the opposite of you. So so here's what we teach in our program on the on the topic of bond and rapport is that. Uh, you treat people the way that they want to be treated. There's, there's yeah. ways to, to pick up. There's cues as to what personality types people are. There's a lot of cues. But here's my uh, devil's advocate. My argument is that some people, for some people, building rapport might be, hey, listen, um, would it make sense for us to get just straight to the business? And, you know, no talk of what did you do today? How are you? Weather, sports, whatever. But would it make sense for us to just get straight to the business? For some personality types, they're going to say, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Like, I like you. I, I really want to work with you. You're not like other salespeople that always want to have banter. Like, thank you. And that's rapport because mm -hmm. you're treating them the way that they want to be treated. You're adapting. We, again, we use DISC for really teaching this whole stuff. But, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just challenging a little bit. Yeah, I, I and I agree. Uh, you know, but, but you know, gaining rapport, uh, gaining rapport, uh, uh, it's just it's just so interesting because there's lots of easy ways to do it. Yeah. You know, um, it, when someone calls us on the show, we're in the green room. We'll talk about the background. You have a really cool background, by the way. Um, right. But I usually talk about the background, talk about something of theirs, or I'll see something. You know, there's a there's a book I'm reading currently, and and uh, I think it's I think the gal calls it a what's it, where basically mm -hmm. you find something on the person, and you go, what is that? What is that little flag? Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe emblem you're wearing or uh what, what kind of jacket is that uh, is it a designer jacket you know mm -hmm. things like that oh i can see you're married you're holding up a cool cup right now um so, you know so there's different ways that i can i can talk oh how long you've been married you know and uh so there's you know hitting from all those different points but yeah i don't I, it's so hard for me that people people uh, struggle with it what what do you guys do with your coaching program what yeah. do you guys find are the most popular programs in your program that people really are looking for the most to solve their problems as salespeople? well before i answer that i have to tell you a hilarious story a fast story about how that can backfire uh looking for something to talk about okay I, yeah i can't remember where i heard this but um i think it's a true story that uh a sales rep was in someone's office and uh, they sat down and they started to scan the room for pictures. Remember, not everybody wants to make chit chat. Some people want to get straight to business, but, but maybe, maybe this person was uh, seeing that this person wanted to make like would, would 
build rapport with some chit chat. So they looked and they saw a picture of this person with uh, uh, their wife uh, behind them. And, um, and it was a nice picture of them standing, I think like at Paris or something, some, some like uh, historic site or whatever. And he said, Oh, um, cool. I, I see. Uh, that's a cool picture that you and your wife, they, you guys have visited such and such, huh? Did you guys have fun when you visited there? Uh, I, I've been there, something like that. And the guy says, um, God, how does this story go? Shoot. Did he get divorced? Um, I already messed up the story. <laughs> okay, I already messed up the story. Okay, right, here's how the story goes. Uh, oh, 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 I remember now. By the way, I'm, I'm the worst story. You have everyone on pins and needles now. You built up the suspense. So so here's how it went. So actually, so the guy saw a picture. Now I just ruined the story, but it's still mm. funny. It's still cringy as hell. Uh, but they, he sees a picture of this guy uh, with a picture of him with John Madden behind oh. him. And he goes, oh, oh, my God, I'm a huge fan of John Madden. When did you get that picture taken with John Madden? The guy says, that's not John Madden. That's my wife. Oh, uh, wow. Okay, that was, that was worth the buildup. That was worth the buildup. <laughs> Sorry. So, so now you can tell my personality style actually is coming out because I'm terrible. Like you unlike go. you, I'm terrible at telling stories. I'm the opposite uh, personality. There you go. Well, you yeah. haven't anybody come out on the show, yeah. so feel free. You know, even though you're married, that might your wife might appreciate that joke. So, folks, so what was your question? My question was, uh, what uh, out of all your programs you have? Because I'm looking across the website, and you guys yeah. have a lot of cool stuff here, a lot of different packages and stuff. Um, what do you find is the 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 things that people need the most? Uh, your top programs that you guys offer. What do you guys find that they need the most, and you know, that they're struggling with the most? Well. You know, what, what, here's the way I'd answer that question, is okay. that not every client's the right kind of client for us. There you go. Right? I mean, we, we cater to, I like to say, revenue-generating professionals, right? Not necessarily always salespeople, but revenue-generating professionals that have a, a highly consultative sales process um, and... Uh, where they can move the needle and it's usually not like a transactional commoditized type thing. Not that Sandler doesn't apply to that stuff, but that's just not like the kind of clients that, that I particularly serve. So, so the clients that I serve, uh, they all can more or less benefit from one product. And that is the Sandler methodology and the program with which we reinforce this stuff on an ongoing basis. Like it's almost like a virtual training facility for salespeople, whether it be individuals or uh, large companies that often do private programs or small companies that have even one or two salespeople. And they, they often attend a, a session like a cohort altogether with 20 or 30 people in one Zoomer. So, you know, in those programs for private clients, we tailor the content to fit the challenges they're facing. And in mm -hmm. public programs, we more rotate through content, meet people one-on-one. -on -one. But one thing that uh, I see as a common theme that everybody wants to really kind of uh, get to is, uh, or at least not everybody, but a lot of times is, is business development. You know, it's brushing up on what we were talking about earlier with, you know, how do we make cold calls, Brian? Like, like, how do we make, how do we make cold calls effective? How do we make them fun? How do we take the pressure off of ourselves and the pressure off of prospects? Because it is a lost art. It is a yeah. lost art for the reasons that we've talked about with people hiding behind emails, it's also a lost art because we've got now two generations of humans that have grown up on the screen and have less and less experience with interpersonal skills 
to be very, you know, blunt. So, you know, cold calling is, is something that if you're good at it, if you can get good at it, oh my God, do you ever have job security? Wow. Like yeah. you can be motivated to consistently make prospecting calls. And if you can be good at it, you, you have written your ticket to succeed in any sales organization. There you go. And people, people really get, I think, in your voice and your personality if you really are caring and if you're really interested in them and helping them achieve what they want. You know, I, I learned a lot from the, uh, who's the insult comic from, you know, all these years he recently passed away? Uh, Don um, Rickles. Don Rickles. Yeah. And Don Rickles could say anything to anybody, pretty much. Yeah. But you always felt with Don that he cared about you, he loved you. He was just telling jokes. He was having fun, and he respected you. And there was there was no harm to it. And and I, I think people get that when you sell to them. I think I think people get a sense of your personality. And yeah. a, a lot of the great salespeople I've ever had, they're kind of almost they, they can morph and shape shift into into whatever it takes to build rapport with the client, get to know them, and yeah. show genuine interest. And it, it's always amazing to me that when people know that you really care about them and 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 are interested in them uh you know it, it makes all the difference in the world because no one gives a shit about anybody anymore so it kind yeah. of sticks out yeah it's on that topic of authenticity right like there you go one of the things that somebody said to me early on was i, I talked to somebody who's very successful and within sandler what, what would you do if you were me and he said Brian, the first thing I'd do is I'd get into the real psychology of understanding everything that we do and, and the why behind it all. Mm -hmm. Because until you understand the core principles, you're just a technique junkie. And that stuck with me. You're hmm. technique junkie. What does that mean? Well, that, that's where uh, sales people, humans, like like our, our, our communication skills or uh, our perceptiveness is off the charts. Like, uh, in fact, I think that there's even a lot of communication through pure energy transfer that science hasn't even yet proven yet, but but I, I believe it's real. That, that without even saying anything or doing anything, we can almost feel things from each other as humans. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody doesn't believe what they're saying or they're saying something false uh, in terms of like, uh, they're just trying to close you for something, it's incredibly uncomfortable and they're, it's, a, it's a complete and total trust break or deal killer, you know? Mm -hmm. And so on that note, like we spend a tremendous amount of time in our program focusing on mindset, focusing on belief system, attitude. Here's an example. Um, you know, a lot of times people don't feel comfortable with asking for uh, referrals, right? Mm -hmm. They feel that asking for a referral is, uh, it's, it's uh, invasive, it's, um, it's pushy. Uh, they just don't feel okay about it. They feel like they're being a burden, you know? Well, no, I would disagree. I would say, that's your, in your head, you're, you're getting in your own way. You know, you're, what you need to think is that instead of a, a referral asking for a handout, that you need to think about how you're offering to lend a hand mm -hmm. and a referral. Now the technique that follows behind that, the words would be, Chris, listen, um, you know, when you're talking to people about these kinds of problems that we're talking about, and this could be like, while I'm in the discovery phase, like I haven't even closed them. Uh, I'm just curious, like, do you, do you talk to other peers that have the same role as you? Do, do they also have these problems? Is there, is there a chance that any of them could benefit from knowing what we do? Mm. Right? Is there a chance that we could help, that I could help them? And if so, would you feel comfortable making an introduction to me? It's about them. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a, I'm a believer, and this is how 
I've had to change my own mindset because my business is very dependent upon referrals and I wasn't very like okay with it at first. I had to change my belief system. I believe that the universe is conspiring to help us, to help each other. And you know, the universe has a plan, God, whatever you believe in, they have a plan. And if you, if you don't make that suggestion, then they can't work through you. They can't use you as a conduit to make that miracle happen. But when you just put it out there and just flow with the universe, hey, do you know anybody else that could benefit from knowing what we do? Ah, suddenly, you're now in a position to help somebody, you know, and you wouldn't have been there if you had gotten in your own way. If he's, ah, I don't want to ask for a referral. That's just a burden. You know what I mean? That's not a huh. universal way of thinking. Yeah. And, and I think if people, like I said before, if people feel they have your general interests at heart, make all the difference. Uh, what do you think are the most important habits of successful salespeople it's a good question man um persistence maybe <laughs> well yeah it's just uh I, yeah actually that's that's pretty much what i was about yeah. to say uh, what, what i was going to say cocaine but those are some of the sales oh, yeah. persistence what here, here's the way i was the angle i was going to take it that persistence persistence the cocaine or the persistence <laughs> I did, actually, I didn't hear you say the second time. Oh, you didn't? I said cocaine. I said yeah, one of the habits is cocaine. But uh, I've known some pretty One of the habits of successful sales. Yeah. Okay, I get it now. See, I'm slow, man. Yeah, it's yeah. okay, man. Sometimes it the mic It takes me time to process. Yeah. <laughs> i got to stay away from humor on podcasts. <laughs> um, I have a very dry sense of humor, actually. Um, there you go. So, so persistence, what, what I would say, what I would call that is uh, like discipline, right? Mm. Consistency. Uh, instead of just winging it, waking up every day, being busy, um, really knowing what constitutes a productive behavior, behavior versus a non-productive behavior and knowing what, what makes a productive day versus a non-productive day. Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that, being consistent with it, i.e. tenacious uh, with your prospecting. I think that's one of the most important uh, traits. Um, another one that I know my dad would be proud to hear me say is a healthy, healthy sense of skepticism at all times, you know, because we as salespeople have to have, we often have happy ears. You know, we, we hear what we want to hear. Clouds our judgment. You know, we, we don't want to hear no's. Well, why would you not want to hear a no? You're, you're going to hear a no more times than not. Get used to it. Just accept it, okay? Yeah. It's okay. Just just welcome it. It's going to save you time to hear that no and move on. And so to even have a healthy amount of skepticism, like, you know, what could go wrong here? It's going to lead you to ask better questions. Um, make sure you get very clear to find next steps and outcomes, et cetera, et cetera. There you go. Probably skepticism is good too to to make sure you have this this the sale locked up, you know, so it stays whatever through the sales process is kind of go through once it's sold. And yeah. then also, you know, one, one fallacy that I used to see with a lot of salespeople, you know, we used to sell, we had, we had a huge mortgage division and, uh, and, and so you, you know, you, you're, you're dealing with people's credit and their title and their appraisal and, you know, all these things that go wrong in the, in the sale. And there's yeah. a, usually a two week to a month process of it. And a lot of salespeople that I would see not only in my business, but in other businesses I was in, you know, they, they would get like sales on the board and they would bet on them they were going to close. And they kind of like lay back. And, you know, the tenacity of what you talked about is really important because you just need to keep going for more. And then, of course, the the sales numbers, you know, uh, I learned a long time ago, I don't know if it was some Zig Ziglar or somebody, but every no is one step closer to yes. 
So yes. when you get a no, you don't you don't go, oh God, this yes. is horrible. You go, hey, I'm one step closer to yes. I just That's gotta right. go That's knock on this yeah. next person's door. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right, man. Um you know, speaking of uh forecasting and all that stuff, man. I mean it's um there's it's just crazy what technologies are out there. There's a company we just learned about that we're partners with now that uh, it integrates into a CRM, uh, which is a customer record maintenance system for those of you who don't know, but it, it's, it's where businesses organize all their prospects. Hmm. And the software integrates in and it uses standard sets of questions that salespeople answer to give you a very specific percentage probability of the forecast and how accurate it is, oh, wow. which, which 10 years ago would have been like, eh, but now with the data, that they have and, and the, the extent to which they've tested it, it's it's incredibly accurate that they can um, they can predict the uh, accuracy of people's forecasts, right? Um, one of the weird things about being a part of Sandler and this network is that we're always learning about those kinds of like new cutting edge technologies. Um, and so anyway, just throwing that out there. There you go. And I can see that on your guys' website, you guys have the Sandler CRM program. And, of course, those are really good. Back in my day of sales, uh, the old days, folks, we used to get rocks and scribble the uh, scrawl the name of the client. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, no, we had we yeah. had one of those 3 by 5 card boxes. Remember those? Oh, I, I, see, isn't that, that's, you're a Gen Xer, right? You're yeah, Gen yeah, 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 yeah. See, we, we have the unique ability to have one foot in the past and one foot in the present. Like, like. Like I grew up, I started out with manila folders, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a cell phone in college, yeah. you know, so it's, it, we, we can relate, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe we can appreciate, but no, I, I get it. I was the same way. The CRMs are, are cool now because, you know, they can tell you when to tickle, they can tickle file for you. So you can, Hey, call this guy back at this time. Yeah. Uh, you can remember, you know, you can remember, Hey, what was I talking to this guy about? So I can just pick it up. And stuff. Um, but the, the beautiful part about sales uh, is that if you can learn sales, just to sell anything, a widget, a pen, whatever the case may be, you can almost do anything in life. And it really helps if you want to be an entrepreneur, oh, if you want to own your own company. If you want to be a CEO someday, you want to be a leader, uh, being able to sell is everything because you have to sell your ideas to people. We have to sell ideas to each other. Like I'll, I'll have people that say to me, Chris, I hate sales. I don't like to sell. And I'm like, uh, so you're married now, right? Yeah. So you had yeah. to sell yourself to your girlfriend or, you know, your date probably was probably started as a date. You had to go right. and sell her on what a great guy you're going to be and what a great future you might have. And, and then you had to sell her on why she should marry you and blah, blah, blah. You've been selling all your life. You, you sell yourself yeah. when you're like, Hey honey, you want to go to the store? That's selling. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so people don't realize we sell all the time. It's part of, it's part of the, the genius of what we are. But, uh, you know, I, I come from the Glen Gary, Glenn Ross college. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah. You know, do you ever do any yeah, of that sort of training? Lot. Do you ever show up at the meeting and pull the the Alec Baldwin uh, brass balls out of the yeah. briefcase? Yeah, no, I I think that uh, we wear that as a badge of honor. Always be closing, but we we prefer always be qualifying. But you know, it's, it's there you still, go. The classic. You know, qualifying is a big thing. People don't do too in part of the rapport building. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, like no. all the people that'll be like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to uh, buy some steel to ship over to America, Chris?" And I'm like, "Do I look like I'm in steel? Where did you get this from? You know, is that on my LinkedIn profile?" Yeah, no, it's definitely. Uh, but we, 
it's definitely a, a common problem. And, and you mentioned something before the Glengarry Glen Ross. I was going to add something to what you just said. What were you talking about a second ago? Uh, you- the always be closing, uh, the, uh, you know, I, the, the brass balls where he's. No. <laughs> oh, well, one, well, one point of clarification, just to backward, backtrack a little bit on the CRMs. It's, uh, we, we don't necessarily sell CRM, but we talk about how to integrate Sandler into other people's CRMs. Hmm. Um, we work with pretty much all the CRMs. That are oh, do you? So it, yeah. whether, no matter what they, that's an important note because, uh, you know, some people have their own little systems and you got to be able to integrate with them. But, you know, learning to sell, having rapport for people, liking people, I think people get that if you're interested. Like, you know, when I go on planes or sometimes, I, I, I'm, I like to fuck with people. And I don't like to fuck with people to screw them in a bad sort of way. But I like to like make people's life happy and make them smile. I, I'm an entertainer, if, if you will. And so when I get on the plane or when I get on the elevator or when I get on the thing, you know, everyone's kind of like, come on, thing. You know, first thing I do is I just break right through the fucking ice. I don't. And so it's remember, like. Yeah, yeah. I remember when, uh, when I'm, I'm, I'm remarried. We have a five-year-old daughter, but I have three boys from my previous marriage. And, um when I had to re-enter the dating scene, I just remember I had to redefine like my way of living. I just needed to be more outgoing, just, just, yeah. just enter conversations with people to just flow with like, like, you know, get to know people around you. And you know, what? It's, it's a better way of life. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a more happy way of life to smile and say hi to people to, uh, to get to know the person you're sitting next to. I've never changed it. And, you know, I've met people on planes that I'm friends with now that I've done business with, um, mm-hmm. You know, I agree with what you're saying. And, and by the way, the thing that I wanted to go back to that I forgot earlier is that you were talking about how sales is everywhere. Um, you're absolutely true. It's, it's, it's absolutely accurate. And, and what, what I love about what I do is that everything that we teach is based in psychology. So the stuff that we teach is equally applicable to how you manage teenagers, mm-hmm. how you talk to toddlers. I mean, it's, it's basic communication um, soft skills. Uh, applied to no matter how complex or simple a sales process is. And, you know, just to, again, highlight what you said, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, or even like a professional services provider, like a CPA or an account or something like that, um, you got to know how to sell. You got to know how to sell. You know? There you go. And all my great salespeople have, have had that psychological talent. They know how to read people. They know how to talk to them. They know uh, how to approach them. They know how to spin with them. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, the poor is like so much of it when it comes down to interpersonal stuff. Like I, I can, I can go. I routinely, I just do this because I, I just want to challenge myself. And I'll go, I'll go get my hair cut. And I'll go to like great clips or something because you know, with this much beauty, you only need twelve dollar haircuts. <laughs> and uh, so I'll go sit down and I'll start work in the room and yeah. i'll start working the thing just like a stand-up comedian and you ever uh, done stand-up ever i i'm i need to go do stand-up i've yeah. done you know just like uh, parties i'll do I'll i think it'd be a, a high i think it'd be like a rush to try it i've i yeah it'd probably be boner for me because when, when people laugh it's like rock fuel for my yeah. brain yeah. um but uh, uh, so I'll, I'll do that and i'll have everyone laughing but you you mentioned a great thing you never know where you're going to get a sales lead from, where you're going to get a referral from, yeah. where you're going to build people, where people are going to know you from. And uh, it just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, um, for real. Do people have still, I imagine people still, you know, cold calling is still the hardest thing for most people to well, do. Well, let's go back before we change. So like, sure. think about if you're dating, right? Mm-hmm. You, you sit like, 
you know, we were talking about referrals earlier. <laughs> just imagine you're sitting on a plane, right? And you're just being conversational. You, you're striking up a conversation with a, maybe a nice old lady sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you know how like easy it would just be to say, hey, listen, I really have enjoyed our conversation. I'm curious. You know, do you know any young young girls uh, that are looking for a dude to date in San Diego? You know, I'm looking for a girlfriend. You there know? You, go. you know, you know how many dates you would get just from that? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna set you up with, you know, blah 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 blah. Like that's just the mindset of like put yourself out there into the universe, let it take you wherever it's gonna take you, flow with it. And that's that's when miracles happen. They do. Miracles happen. Yeah. You know? The the only way to fail at prospecting is to not prospect. That's true. I like that one. You got a prospect, damn it. Makes all the difference in the world. Uh, so as we round out the hour, uh, what have we touched on that you guys do really well that uh, we, we want to educate people? Maybe how they can onboard or uh, talk to you guys about uh, how to work with you in the future, et cetera, et cetera, and reach out to you. Yeah, thanks. That's a good question. Um, yeah, one thing that we do uh, is we, we don't like to enter into agreements and, and arrangements with clients until we know what to expect. I mean, um, what are the things we're going to fix? Uh, how are we going to fix it? So what we lean into really hard in our sort of discovery process is assessments. It's something that makes us sort of unique, you know? So we, we want to assess the participants that are going to be going through the program, whether it be an individual or a company of a sales team, you know, to find out where are the strengths, where are the gaps? And we've got uh, custom assessments that we've built with one of our partner vendors that even sort of gives us a roadmap is for each individual, what are the specific skills that we need to really focus on to, to build upon those skills and to tighten up those gaps. So, so sounds yeah. like you really customize it to uh, the clientele and what they you do. Have to, right. Cause everybody's different. Every individual's different. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so how do they reach out to you? How, how can they uh, cross the bridge and, and uh, talk to you about what uh, they need or what, if you might be a good fit for them? Well, the first thing I'd say, and I'll put my email in the chat, mm-hmm. but um, remember that I have to be a product of my product. So if I cannot, I'm not allowed to be a pushy, annoying salesperson. So don't have a fear of reaching out to the sales coach. Like, oh God, I want to call a sales coach. He's going to sell me something. Like, I, I have, I can't, I can't be an annoying, pushy salesperson, or else I'd be a terrible sales coach. That's my so just, job. Yeah. So just, <laughs> so just, well, we can have a conversation. Um, yeah. We can have a quick 10 minute call to see if it's worth for, you know, any kind of further discussion. So you can reach out to me on LinkedIn uh, or my website or an email address. I just put into the chat. Um, I'll also uh, put my, my LinkedIn in the chat. And uh, I think that email or LinkedIn is probably the easiest way, but uh, I'll leave it up to you guys. There you go. Uh, so uh, on your website too, I see people can go there. They can read over the website, see the different service you have to offer. You got a lot of, professional development solutions, uh, online tools. Uh, you work with business owners, presidents, CEOs, sales managers, sales teams, and individual salespeople and enterprise organizations. They can click on the website or fill out the field to uh, book a call with you in a discovery call. Yeah, it's, uh, you can find me at Brian Jackson, Sandler Training, San Diego. Um, the website is salesrevenue.sandler.com. But, uh, but yeah, happy to have a conversation and see if uh, the challenges that, that you have um, are things that we help clients with and, and take from there. 
There you go. Well, Brian, it's been wonderful and fun to go through the program and talk about sales with you. Hopefully, we've enlightened a few people. People on LinkedIn will probably love us on the newsletter. Uh, anything more you want to pitch before we go? Man, no, I think I've, I think I've done enough, man. I just want to thank you, Chris. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and, uh, and I've enjoyed your way of doing the podcast really loose. So uh, thanks. Hopefully, you can go and edit out my joke from earlier. Which joke was it? I liked all of them. No, actually, that's that set up a suspense, man. You you had everybody. You took people on a journey, man. I'm gonna beat myself up about that. No, no, you took people on a journey, man. I was sitting here going, "What? The, what the hell happened now?" I was watching your reaction. Oh my god! For the joke, could have been like, "Ah, oh, that's just a joke, man." You took us. You you created suspense and adventure, and I was just like. Wait, 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 yeah, maybe maybe that's a whole new way of telling the joke. It's the it's the journey. It's the journey. It's not the destination. Hardest thing I ever. I, you're you're a stand up guy. My favorite stand up guy is Norm Macdonald. I love how he can. Take I love Norm Macdonald. He can stretch it out to be like five minutes long, and then it just has the most cheesy punchline at the ending. <laughs> Note to self: Be like Norm Macdonald. Yeah. That's an homage to, to Norm. Uh, yeah. We do that on the show. I, I love Norm. I was crushed when he passed. And uh, such a funny guy, George Carlin. The beautiful part about Norm was Norm could die and kill. And mm -hmm. most, you know, if you're a comedian, you don't want to, you don't want to die. Yeah. Yeah. Kill. Yeah. Uh, but the real art, you know, the taxi driver gentleman, I forget his name. He was with, in the show Taxi. Um, Andy, I was going to say the same thing. Andy Kaufman. I, I Andy was going to say, and I, I kind of held it back, but I said, yeah. you know, who else did that really well is Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you 100%. He could get up and he just opened the Bible and start reading it. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's really hard to be funny. It was the great gaps. It was the yeah. great gaps, but yes. Yeah. And then, um, and then you take everybody out for chocolate chip cookies. And guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love going on YouTube and pulling up Norm clips from Conan or Dave Letterman where he, yeah. he's just torturing them with this long story and they're like, well, is there an end to this? You know, yeah. and that was, that's the joke too. Yeah. It's just, he's just dying and it's killing. Cause it, after a while, the audience gets the joke. They're like, <laughs> Oh, we see what he's doing. He's just, he's, and then he's got a great roundup, but yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for coming on the show, Brian. We really appreciate it. Give us your.com. So people can find you on the interwebs, please. Yep. It's a www.salesrevenue, one word dot Sandler, like Adam Sandler.com. There you go. Uh, thanks, Mattis, for tuning in. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, the big LinkedIn news as well. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, damn it. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>